0: Be a part of the Fredericton Freeze Women's Basketball Team's $100 from 100 fundraising campaign. The Maritime Women's Basketball League team is seeking $100 from 100 businesses for their 2024 operating expenses. Email MWBA at outlook.com or frederictonfreeze.ca for details.
1: Hi and welcome to Late Scratches podcast. I'm Bill Gibson, joined once again by host Brad Janes. Brad, very special guest in the downtown Marysville studio, otherwise known as my dining room, uh, for this week's uh, episode. Yeah, Great to have
2: her. Katie Butts, welcome to uh, episode three, the University of New Brunswick women's basketball player. Glad to uh, be sitting across the table from you.
3: Well, thank you for having me. I, I like the introduction of a very special guest.
2: Absolutely. <laughs> big, big shoes to fill. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Brad, um, just a few stats uh, over or, or approaching, I will say, uh, 300 listens overall on the podcast with the first uh, couple episodes from now. Uh, four countries, six provinces. One of those countries, though, is my friend, the Nigerian prince. So there's one listener in Nigeria. Um, not sure if he wants to sponsor the freeze next yeah, year, we'll but see. he might be the one sending the emails with all the money. Uh, we'll, we'll see. Nice. Um, we've got our Google issue straightened out. So we're now found, I think, on all of the most popular podcast platforms there's seven or eight that we are on so thank you for listening there we've also got our twitter or x or whatever it's called now straightened out uh, at late scratches nb if you want to follow us on that uh, and just a thanks uh, from last week to bill hunt just incredible stories that he shared and the feedback from um listeners on yeah the feedback still coming was, in on that yeah, it was still, great... still coming in was was yeah. spectacular
2: and uh, I'm glad you say about all the platforms, because you know how socially inept I am media-wise. So when somebody says, where can I find the podcast? I'm like, well, you know, all the places you find podcasts. I don't know.
1: It, that's my answer, too. And, um, you know, luckily, there's been no airdrop
2: involved in this <laughs> Airdrops, yeah. I keep learning all this fun stuff. <laughs> um,
1: just got a couple mentions uh, from last week. I know we, we mentioned this the. Uh, uh, that's on episode two as well. Steven with a PH from Halifax. Uh, he was in town again here this week, so got to catch up with him. And that's Halifax also with a PH still. Um, he was in town for Harvest. His yacht is absolutely fine. He managed to get it uh, parked, uh, so you know, great to see him. Um, and, and my life usually isn't like this, but I was hanging with Maestro Fresh West on Friday.
2: How's your backbone? Uh,
1: it, was, it was sliding just a little bit. Um, Katie, I'm not sure you know who (laughs) Maestro Fresh Wes is. No, I don't Katie's like, what what are you guys talking about But, uh, he is the godfather of Canadian hip hop. Okay. Uh, let your backbone slide from way back in my days when I was a grade nine basketball player, uh, pretty geeking out, you know, in in my grade nine basketball personality to to meet Maestro. I need to see film. Um, he was also at the, uh, at the Archie tournament as well. He, he introduced the dinner there. He came back, uh back into harvest uh, for this um, really good guy and in fact uh, Chad had a little basketball there he was in the gym he said five o'clock Friday morning with his I think he said 13 or 14 year old son getting some shots up with him and working on their working on the bench press so um, good little basketball player there they're located in St. John now so no doubt if he is anything like uh, maestro um, that young man's uh, got some determination behind him uh, and uh, you know, certainly uh, hard work and style as well. Um, also ran into a few guys at, at Harvest again, and again I feel like I'm name dropping. Was no, out, no, no, uh, drop uh, out at Harvest, uh, the David Miles show. A couple guys from from uh, Grandma and uh, Corey and Travis, their company, uh, Forget Me Not Ceremonies. Didn't know them uh, when I met them. Uh, spent quite a while talking about them. We ended up chatting a whole lot about basketball. So. We very quickly got to Amanda Sharp and, uh, you know, Emma Russell.
2: Absolutely. Two uh, stars from Graham and that played at UNB. Uh, Amanda, one of my favorite players, certainly one of my daughter's favorite players, uh, just the way she played, grit and determination, uh, unbelievable, and still play. Uh, when we host uh, basketball in New Brunswick Provincials, Graham and always brings a team in, and they don't come just to uh, to get away for a couple of days. They come to win. She plays uh, pretty well, just not on Sunday mornings. That's right, exactly. Uh, Sunday morning this year is a little rough. If you're listening, Amanda, I knew that was going to come to fruition at some point in time.
1: <laughs> uh, so, Katie, there there are a couple of players, uh, you know, much, uh, um, you know, much like you, a couple uh, bigs from UNB history, uh, both, uh, you know, figuratively and literally.
3: Yeah, big shoes to fill there.
1: Quality players, quality people, both yeah. of them. Um, so yeah, that's my mention. Brad, anything you want to get in
2: before we no, start I, uh, grilling Katie here? Well, yeah, as we were aware, talking about the leaf blower there, there's going to be some work on that. I get to fire that up again. You missed it last week, my adventures with my new leaf blower, but everybody's safe in the neighborhood, but I would think by tomorrow I'll be able to crank it out again. There, so. there you go. Yeah, and yeah, you know, we,
1: this is the day after, I guess it would be post-tropical storm Lee blew right. through Fredericton
2: here and dumped a hundred-ish millimeters of rain. And, yeah. and Certainly and, feel uh, terrible for the organizers of Harvest that had to... To cancel that Saturday show—it's the you know the final night of it and the work that goes into that event, 365 days a year—but uh, made the right call certainly with safety involved. Uh, but still, all that planning and all that preparation uh, just to see the weather wipe it out was a tough one.
1: Yeah, uh, very tough. And certainly, if you are out there and you did have harvest tickets, uh, you know, for Saturday night, um, you know, don't give the organizers uh, too much of a challenge there because I'm sure all the expenses that they had are still. Um, the same expenses. The tents are still up. The bands, I'm sure, were in town, and they'll be looking to get paid whether the show went on or not. So you want Harvest to continue. Just be patient with the organizers in terms of what they might be able to do there in terms of of refunds or not uh, this year. That would be, you know, my message on that. And while we're talking about post-tropical Storm Lee, thanks to all of those uh, power workers, first responders, the work that they did overnight from near 40,000 people out of power down. The last number I saw was I think around 10-ish thousand in the province. Just spectacular work
2: there. Yeah, crazy what they do. And I have a son-in-law who's involved as a lineman, so know exactly uh, uh, the work they go through and the preparation they have to go through just to get uh, one person's power on let an entire community. So uh, absolute kudos to all of those uh, responders. And we're battery powered. So, we are battery-powered. That's right. We could, so we, we could go. So We, uh, we
1: could do this even yeah. in a power outage. Yeah.
2: And Katie can talk, so we might need at least three hours, but uh, we'll try to keep it to an hour. But as we say, Katie Botts from the University of New Brunswick Reds is our guest uh, here this afternoon. And uh, some big times coming up. You're in the middle of training camp. You're in the middle of a, a whole bunch of changes. Uh, Katie's an Ottawa product and uh, played with UNB and then uh, was a rookie this year with the Fredericton Freeze Fries in the Maritime Women's Basketball Association, and that's where we got to know Katie. Uh, tell me a little bit about, you were recruited by Jeff Speedy and Peter Kelly, and now Peter's still on the bench, but you have uh, Aaron McAleenan in his head coach, two years at UNB, including Rookie of the Year and a U.S. rookie team. Uh, has it been a big change uh, under Coach McAleenan?
3: Um. Yeah, kind of. I think she's bringing this new like fire to our team almost, like the practices are pretty intense, but also... Um, I just, like, I think competitive is a really good word for it. Like, we have that game-like competitiveness in practices, which is kind of new for us, but it's, like, it's great. So practices are fun but tough, and... um yeah, the girls are still awesome as always. So nothing That's there to hard. say. <laughs> yeah.
2: Is it because do you think like, with coach Speedy who was there a long time and, and Jeff Coach, for, you know, for your first 2 years? I don't want to say a comfortable factor because I know coach Speedy can be demanding as well, but is it okay a new person here I really have to to step up my game even in training camp to make an impression so I'm going to get the minutes that I hope I get?
3: Might be. I think I think Aaron kind of um stepped in like when she first got announced as our coach the first thing like we sat down and had a zoom meeting and she set her expectations from day one and so everyone on the team knew kind of like don't play around here it's it's pretty serious um not that as as if speedy didn't do that but you know he was a huge father figure and um love him absolutely love him um so yeah aaron don't play around with her she's
1: (laughs) (laughs) and and katie is it just is there a new focus or a renewed focus I'll say on fitness or is it just that we're seeing more in the women's basketball, I think it's Instagram where I'm seeing all of that, uh, looks like you're doing beep tests and, <laughs> and uh, you know lots of videos of, uh, short little videos of players just after that and uh, their reactions there too. Um, is that is that a change this year or is that just uh, a new focus on Instagram?
3: Everyone's least favorite thing about the year. Fitness testing and beep tests. Um, no, we always did that. We did that every year, but I think this year. Um, our lovely manager, team manager Sydney, she um, stepped up the social media game and really pushed it this year. So seeing a bit more behind the scenes of us dying on the beep test.
2: (laughs) No puke buckets in sight, I hope. I know that's what they always call it, the NHL (laughs) combine.
3: No, but the garbage can was right (laughs) close by. by. So is there
2: there internal competition in that as well in terms of, not necessarily look at the work I did, I'm the fittest, but is there uh, something to be said and say, you know, I can walk away proudly that, hey, I was the fittest one in this uh, certain thing, or is it all team one for all
3: yeah I mean there's definitely that team aspect but also like certain standards so um we did the yo-yo test this year which was different Aaron came in and and uh, we always did the beep test but the yo-yo test is more um I would say like basketball focus in the sense you like really sprint and then you get a little break and then you sprint and you get a little break um while the beep test is like just go 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 um, so the UU test, there were like different standards. So, you know, everyone was asked to get a 15 and then, uh, you know, your their gold standard for the big players, 16 gold standard for the the uh, guards is a 17. So, you know, you had those standards going in, but as long as you got the 15, everyone was happy. And I think pretty much everyone did. So we were, we all had each other's backs and we knew what we had to do.
2: Uh, Gibby and I, with our yo yo test, was, you know, yeah, rock the cradle oh. and watch <laughs> all the You don't really have to even stand up to do that. Would one. much rather <laughs> do that one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Rock the cradle, uh, the sleeper, and all those things. Yeah, that was our yo yo test back in the back in the day. So, your Ottawa product, you find your way to New Brunswick. Tell me a little bit about the recruiting process uh, coming here that uh, you decided, you know what, I am going to relocate to Fredericton and uh, play for the University of New Brunswick.
3: When people ask me what it made me end up here it's it's kind of just a whole lot of everything and there's no like one answer that I give to people um I kind of knew that I, not that there's anything wrong with Carlton or U Ottawa, but I I knew that I wanted to you know get a different experience and go away from home so kindly said my nose to them and kept good relationships but um yeah I knew I wanted to leave and, and even just leaving Ontario and obviously not Quebec because I'm not French so um East coast was kind of my, my idea of where I wanted to be. And then UNB reached out and, you know, I was like, who is UNB? You know, (laughs) the, oh, UNB cool. Um, Wasn't super interested just from the text, but then I got on a, on a zoom call with Speedy and Peter and I was like, okay, like I'm interested. Um, The, just the straight family vibes I got right from the bat off of them. Like like I said, Speedy's a father figure and Peter's awesome. So they they convinced me pretty easily that UNB was the place I wanted to be and I could speak for hours and hours on that. But So
2: were you able to come down and visit the campus and the facilities and everything? No, I was, COVID, COVID, right? Right. I was a COVID right, exactly. kid. I was a COVID kid. Exactly. So that makes I, it even tougher.
3: I didn't get a prom. I didn't get a graduation. I didn't get to visit any of the schools that I wanted to. So you know, Carleton or Uata would have been the smart choices because I'd actually seen there and been to their campuses, but um, no, I, I committed to UNB with a blind eye based off of a little YouTube video of what campus looked like. and. If I had known it was on a hill, maybe I wouldn't have come here, but... I was just going to say, did they show you the icy sidewalks in January part? Trying to climb hands and feet up to class in the middle of winter. Yeah, not my favorite, but uh, no, it's still, it's so beautiful here, and I, I do really love it. So, so I made the right choice. Yeah, There,
1: there was more than one class at UNB that I went to, and my backside was a little wet.
2: A slip sliding away, a little yeah, Paul Simon yeah. there. There was a couple...
1: I'm glad that social media wasn't a real thing back then because there would have been videos, I'm sure.
2: Well, you don't remember, of course, but the, where the Curry Centre is now used to be a sliding hill, right? Yes. Uh, students used to go down on cafeteria trays, if I remember correctly. Yeah. I think there was a football field, soccer sure. field. There's, I'm, starting yeah, I'm to sure to was yes. a little bit. But yeah, yes. that, so it was a big hill. And I remember uh, when the Curry Centre was being developed and everything, how are they going to put this complex in that hill? Uh, I'm not an engineer, obviously, but an amazing complex that it is uh, that you get to play out of now.
3: Yeah. No, I'm, I'm so fortunate in the way that I said, I I committed with a blind eye. So I didn't really get to see anything out on the East coast of the schools, um, that I was talking to. So like I said, I committed to this school with a YouTube video and I ended up at the one with the best facilities without even knowing. So I, whenever we went to other schools in my first year, first time seeing these other, um, university gyms and stuff, I'm like, wow, I'm so lucky, (laughs) We, we have a real like team room. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, the facilities are fantastic at the Curry Center, yeah. and, and, and a lot of people have just been into the main gym, but there's so many components to that uh, facility from a learning point of view and from an aesthetic point of view and everything
3: else, like amazing building. Yeah got lost too, way too many times my first couple weeks, but now I have it down pat and I love it. So
2: You're a psychology student?
3: Yes. Yes. Interesting. How
2: much of that do you, uh, are you in the dressing room uh, psychoanalyzing some of your teammates <laughs> on any given night or how does that work?
3: Yeah, I can look at them and read their minds actually. <laughs> um, no, no, I'm not. I'm not studying to become like a psychologist or anything like that. I'm hoping to complete my undergrad here and then go do a master's in speech pathology. Um, so that's the end goal. That's kind of always been the end goal, but it might change. It's yeah.
2: The beauty of being young.
3: Yeah. No, I'm lucky. I've always kind of had my mind made up and like, I know what kind of school I want to go to. I know what I want to do with my undergrad. I know what I want to do after with the rest of my life. And, um, like I said, things might change, but I'm really lucky that I've kind of always known. And
1: you get a pretty good taste of everything that New Brunswick has to offer. Yes. Tell us about your summer job. That's great to hear.
3: Yeah. No, I I came here and I really loved Fredericton from the start. Um, And then I got an opportunity with Tourism New Brunswick to work this summer. And my job was basically just to travel the province and go to festivals and events and cities and towns and, you know, all these different little places and, um, you know, talk to people and experience different things. Like I went ziplining, and I went. Um, co-workers went walking with llamas. We were all in different groups. There are so many things that I did and saw. And when people say oh, New Brunswick is so boring, I'm like, you just haven't left your backyard. <laughs> that,
1: that's that's exactly true. And I mean, not to bring this back to to Harvest, but uh, David Miles has a song about that that very thing. Not a drive through province. Uh, you know, it was part of a little CBC thing he did. He uh, did that one. Uh, Thursday night um as well uh, again just a you know great uh, um great advertisement there for New Brunswick so what were your some of your favorite New Brunswick things that you places or things that you did
3: oh see that's a tough one because I have my top three areas in New Brunswick um number one is Fredericton and that's because it has my it's had my heart since day one um number two is St. Martin's because it's so so beautiful there it's um it's the up-and-coming St. Andrews, I would say. It's it's like the, the quieter, the quieter St. Andrews, yeah. Um, and then my third would be Campbellton because it's Campbellton. outdoors and it's fun and it's um, beautiful scenery up there and. Yeah, you yeah. tend
2: to forget it. Uh, it's true. I mean, is such a sporting uh, mm-hmm. area with basketball and hockey and, and ball, baseball, and just uh, a lot goes on in Campbellton skiing and everything else that uh, you kind of forget about sometimes. Yeah, Sugarloaf is fun. Right, right. <laughs> So you got to like the four corners of the province and just kind of, and I know I, I'm pretty sure I texted you at, what was it? The Carrie Underwood uh, Guns N' Roses yeah. concert, which I still don't understand that uh, combination, but it worked. Hey, you had a good time there.
3: Yeah, no, that was fu- that was another thing about my job. Like I said, I got to go do these awesome things. So I worked this um, pre-event at Guns N' Roses. So, you know, we're trying to hit all those markets of all these different people coming to New Brunswick to see Guns N' Roses and Carrie Underwood. Um, so they come, they come to this pre-concert event, and we show them just how awesome New Brunswick is. And, you know, you should come back for more than just a Guns N' Roses concert. Like, come back to Moncton next time and hang out here. Um, yeah. And then after that, we got to go to the concert for free. And I got on the floor. And, you know, I that was actually my first concert ever. And really? So, it was so awesome. It was wow. so fun.
2: Now, were yeah. you a fan of either going in?
3: Yes, yes. Uh, more Carrie Underwood. So my mom is a Carrie Underwood fan, and my dad is a Guns N' Roses fan. I'm actually wearing the Guns yes, N' Roses T-shirt right now that I wore to the concert without <laughs> even thinking of it. But um, yeah, so it was a combination. I tried to convince my parents to come down for the concert, but, but they couldn't make it. Paradise
2: yeah. City, indeed.
3: Yes. No. They they featured. They had Carrie singing on Paradise City with them at the end of the concert. So that was fun.
2: That is a a different duo. I'm not sure if I can think of any different one right off the top of my head. It'd be like Lawrence Welk and Motley Crue or something. <laughs> that
1: that is a pretty good one, uh, Katie. I'm not surprised at, y- at your answers there. Uh, St. Martin's is absolutely one of my favorite parts in the province. Funny Trail Parkway. It's the number one place when I see anybody and they say, "Where do you go in New Brunswick?" I say, "Funny Trail Parkway." If you go nowhere else, go there because it's it's absolutely spectacular. I've probably been there. I'll say 20 times and I've still not seen it all. There's just so much uh, to do. It's so long and spread out. Even when it's busy, it's not busy. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, it's amazing. Um, St. Andrews is great. It's been quite a while since I've been to Campbellton. It's on my list to get to that northern part of the province. I actually would like to get up there um this fall i'm not sure when i'm going to make that happen but i uh, would like to get up there but brad i do notice that she didn't get very
2: close to saint john close enough in saint Martin, so i'll give her a pass on that <laughs> yeah. we've already had that conversation with saint john we'll hold that i,
3: I like i like aspects of saint john yeah, absolutely yes absolutely. there's good good parts to every single place i went to so well,
2: it's it's interesting too because with a and i call it a pipeline in recruiting so you are an ottawa product mm-hmm. um so somebody's in grade 11 now at Ottawa that, say, Aaron is, is interested in recruiting, UNBs is interested. Does it help to have somebody from there that has experienced not just Fredericton, but say the province and say, you know what? This place, uh, yeah, it's not Carleton, it's not York, it's not uh, Guelph or wherever, but it's a great place. Can, is that something you'd be interested in? Is, is being that liaison as as a pipeline person to maybe bring more players uh, to this neck of the woods?
3: Oh, a hundred percent. I feel honored when um, like Speedy would text me and say, Hey, we have a recruit coming to town. She's from Ontario, or a couple times from Ottawa. Um, can you show them around? Can you take them to you know Rustico or something? Get, take them to dinner. Product
2: placement. Product placement. (laughs) Sorry,
3: (laughs) any restaurant that was just off the top of my head. No, no, it's great. great. (laughs) Absolutely, name drop all all you want.
1: want. Uh, Someday one of them will listen, and and maybe they'll
3: they'll give us some coasters or something. (laughs) Yeah, we'll take them to any great restaurant in New Brunswick or Fredericton, um, and just like sit down and talk with them, and and if they. You know, like I said, I kind of knew instantly that I wanted to get out of Ottawa, and, and I also instantly crossed Toronto off the list. Like, I visited Ryerson, and I was like, well, uh, you're uh, an awesome school, but Toronto's not for me. It's too big, and then um, Fredericton is just the right size. So, if I can convince other people to, you know, have that same mindset, and, you know, sm- smaller cities are not for everyone, but you find those right people, and then they just end up just as happy as I am here
2: good to hear uh, yeah so you've been uh, banging and crashing against your own teammates for a few weeks now <laughs> in training camp and I know the Helen Campbell uh, tournament is coming up in a couple of weeks you must be all champing at the bit to get out of the stalls and see somebody in a different uniform is that fair to say
3: yeah yeah no we're we're really really excited I think um you know knock on wood but I think this is the year that that we really win it all so wow heard yeah. it here first <laughs> but I, I, w-
2: I
1: was gonna say that you know you look around the league and I think we might have mentioned this maybe last week or the first podcast Brad um, you know St. Mary's looks strong and then you look at that UNB team and you know usually when you think oh there's a new coach coming in it's usually when a program is down at the bottom Speedy's leaving that this program in beautiful shape like the team that's that's left the uh, the recruiting that was done and then the additions you know, this summer, um, you know, you look at Addie Monbrquette coming in from FHS. Uh, in my mind, undoubtedly the the top female pro, uh, player um, from New Brunswick this year, out of out of all the players uh, that I saw at the at the high school level. Um, and then Reese Baxendale coming back to play. She played in the for St. John in the Maritime Women's League uh, this year, Port City. Started at UPEI um, for uh, rather, four years. Yeah, as started well. at UPEI. Mm-hmm. Took a team. Um, to nationals and a fairly good run at nationals medal. as well. Yeah. Bronze medal. Yep. Um, add that, uh, Jay Davino who would have been part of the freeze program had she not had an injury just at or before freeze training camp. Um, some freeze teammates in, in, uh, you know, Kylie Speedy and, and Jenny, um, and Aaron Ingalls, who also played for the Port mm-hmm. City Fog. I mean, we're going through some of yeah. the, the Maritime Women's uh, uh, players, but uh, then there's the whole rest uh, of the UMB roster. So I think there's lots of reasons uh, to be bullish about uh, the UMB Women's Reds basketball this year.
2: Tell us why you think you're strong.
3: Oh, that's tough. Put your right mean, on the
2: spot, and no fooling around here.
3: Yeah. No, I mean, like I said, the, the competitiveness in practice this year is just, like, crazy. And, um, you know, we one of the big things about UNB, another thing that brought me here is the the family aspect. So the team is just a huge um, family and bringing new people in doesn't really change that. And, and, you know, we all have each other's backs. And so, you know, going on to the court, we've always had that. I have your back, you have mine aspect. And then with talent on top of that, we're just, I feel like we're going to kill it this year. It's
2: interesting. So it does open uh, exhibition play uh, with UNB. You've got uh... The Piscina of Ontario, Laval, which is interesting because the Freeze had Rachel Brochu have training camp with us. She played at Laval for four seasons. Mm-hmm. She got injured in Miramichi and uh, couldn't play. Um, so I actually texted Rachel today to say, Laval's coming to see her former mm-hmm. team. And, and St. Mary's is the uh, the other team with some New Brunswick flavor, Lucina Beaumont, of course, from Fredericton, and Georgia Bell, a Miramichi, who's a, a freshman uh, with the Huskies. But uh, Len Harvey, you never know what's up his bag of tricks at Acadia. Uh, but it's going to be interesting. It might be preseason, but St. Mary's and you playing head to head in the uh, the first exhibition series of the year could be interesting.
3: About a hundred, the hundredth time we've played against See, them in my career. Right, yeah. They just love coming and exhibition and playing thirty times a year. So, you know, but not. It'll be a good game. Yeah.
2: Do you look at the the rosters, uh, the other schools, and say, okay, who is? just? And it's, sometimes you can base it on last year. UMB finished fourth uh, in the regular season. Uh, no crazy four-point games this year in the AUS. They had mm-hmm. an eight-point game last year, oh, I remember. I'm, I'm <laughs> so just, glad those four-point <laughs> games are
1: gone because as a fan, yes. I disliked it. I still question why they're even counting points each game. I can't see any way why, how anybody can get other than two points with a win and zero points with a loss. A loss. So why are we even showing points? Like just okay. show me wins. I, I don't understand that. I don't. I don't like when people do the points thing. There you go. It's, it doesn't count, make it. any sense to me when all people right. do points. When wins and losses, all you're doing is multiplying yes. it by two, and there's no other way to get any other points. So just show me wins and losses. That's all <laughs> I need.
2: On fire as Gibby on a Sunday <laughs> afternoon. But do you look at the rosters and say, okay, based on last year, and then I'm sure you read all the recruiting announcements that all the schools make, uh, you just feel comfortable in saying that you're going to be up in the upper echelon.
3: Yeah, I mean, SMU, I mean, they only lost like one key player from what I know, the um, Sophia Woodmire.
2: Turning pro and um, playing in Ireland, yeah.
3: Yeah, so from what I know, their team is still pretty much the same and, and they won AUS last year, so... They'll be very tough competition, but nothing I don't think we can handle. Knock on wood, like I said again. That's yeah,
2: That's good. And then you're off to uh, Dalhousie, McMaster, Lethbridge uh, are there in Laurentian, a rebuilding program in Laurentian. And we talked to, and then uh, you're in Montreal too, I believe, for a tournament, mm-hmm. right? With yeah. uh, McGill, uh, Bishops, and Brock. So mm-hmm. the preseason, it's interesting, isn't it, Gibby? So you play nine games in the preseason. Your season opens on the road against X down in antigonish october twenty seventh and twenty eighth You're home on the third and fourth of November against Munn, but only six first half games, yeah, like it just seems to build up, build up, build up, and then wham it's uh it's Christmas break, but for us, it's Christmas break for students Exams. it's a whole <laughs> lot more, yeah, isn't it so it, although as passionate basketball fans as we are. Uh, we missed the games over the break, but uh, your men and women are just scrambling on exam time. It eh?
3: does not stop for us. No, right right after games, it's straight to the books. I mean, always in the books, but right after games, you're you're going straight into exam season. And then, you know, you get a few days at home and then you're right back training again um, for your next game right after New Year's.
2: And the, the term is student athlete, too. And I, listen, I know the, the sacrifices that go into being a student athlete. It's uh, studying on the bus. It's practice and games and and commitments elsewhere uh, maybe you probably don't have time for a part-time job but it, you have to be in the books all the time and, and tell me a little bit about the balance of trying to say okay I've got to be a practice I've got to prepare for weekend games and also oh yeah by the way I've got midterms
3: yeah yeah no um I mean i I was in high school at a prep school and so I kind of I'm very fortunate that I grew up in that you know my high school experience was not um easy in terms of time management. So coming to university, it's um, kind of the same experience of like, you don't have that much time off. Um, And in your time off, you're still thinking about your exams or thinking about the game coming up. So um, time management is a really, really big skill that that we learn as student athletes. And it's so, so important. And Um, also time for relaxation you know you you gotta go take a bath every once in a while or go do some yoga
2: (laughs) is that what you do is it yoga just to to get away from it all for a minute
3: Uh, you know what i listen to podcasts or i go and listen to some sleep music and just chill for an hour
1: so what what does a typical week in terms of a practice schedule look like at the university level
3: um so we practice pretty much every night um Monday, Monday to Friday, uh, and then two individuals a week, which are like smaller on court workouts, um, you know, with just, you know, people in your position or groups of who can make it at that time. Uh, and then two lifts every morning is basically what our week entails of right now. And then, um, as games pick up, then you're, Probably not practicing on the Friday when you have a game, so then it's games Friday, Saturday, off on Sunday usually, unless things go, you know, you play Saturday, Sunday sometimes and then you have Monday off, but yeah, no, it's pretty crazy.
2: (laughs) Do you have a sport uh, outside of basketball that you like, like growing up, were you a multi-sport athlete?
3: I was, I kind of did everything that I could, Um, I really loved football in high school, like touch football, Yeah quarterback quarterback <laughs> wow cuz
2: why you want to be in control of that is that what it is
3: no i, I, I don't know i just ended up always in that position i, I don't know why it's uh, cuz with like i said i was at a prep school so we couldn't do any sports outside of the basketball season and so uh, you know i loved playing volleyball and stuff like that but that was in basketball season so then once basketball ended it was straight into spring so you could pick soccer i'm not a big soccer person so then i picked football and that's where i ended up yeah. I don't, I don't know where we were leading in with that. Well, not, who knows? I'm That's what I said. This yeah. is where you can go.
2: And speaking of soccer, uh, and I want to give a shout out to Fran Harris, who's the official photographer of the Fredericton Freeze as well. And Fran had just a brilliant photo of UNB in the rain yesterday, the men's team. Uh, the women played under extreme conditions, and the men played 75 minutes. And then inexplicably, <laughs> yeah. I guess, easy for me to say, the game was stopped. Uh, due to poor field conditions. And was, I think a lot of us are scratching our head on yeah, that. Yeah, it was one,
1: but... from my understanding 75th minute declared a draw, is what I thought oh. I saw or read. I was shocked that anybody was playing, playing outside yeah. yesterday because I know ACAA wiped the slate clean of anything. I was pretty surprised um, they traveled. Uh, I'm, what I thought I had heard was UNB was just ordered a penalty kick yep. and then the game was waved off before they got a chance to kick it. So uh, interesting timing there uh, in terms yeah. in terms of that. So um, that'll go in the books. My understanding is a draw and that was an incredible photo from Fran oh, There's several that I saw on there. And
2: Fran is just, uh, if you don't, she's so passionate behind the lens and it doesn't matter if it's sports or if it's wildlife or, or anything. When I see her work, I always make sure I send her a note. Like that was brilliant. And that photo, Uh, really just just captured student athletes going at it in less than desirable conditions everything can't be 15 20 degrees in ideal conditions on the turf but yeah that was quite a story yesterday here in Fredericton that they actually played two games so Um, and some people went to watch so all credit
1: yeah uh, certainly full credit to them so we talked about uh, football we talked about a game you play with your feet Uh, (laughs) last year you were a spearhead of a shoe drive Katie
3: Yes, yes. I'm hoping to do that again this year, actually. we, um, I'm, I'm, I do two initiatives, I guess. So I'm designing clothing right now um, for, so all the profits go towards send a kid to camp. And so, I mean, this sounds a little complicated, but I design this clothing, and then we sell it and all the profits go to sending a kid to camp, our junior reds camps um and then now we also incorporated little like donate buttons on our website or um when people are checking out of camps for their children they can say do you want to add a little extra and send a kid you know pay it forward type of thing what's so, the
2: website you can get a plug here
3: Um uh, well just on the UNB reds website on okay. on the donation page it's it's one of the options there that i know of and yes and we re, we sent 11 kids to camp last summer and that was our first year wow. of doing it so it it was awesome and i heard all these little notes of like you know little billy had such a great time and stuff like that so you know we got to keep them anonymous so i don't know obviously right. who the kids are but mm-hmm. just hearing the stories is so awesome
2: so how do you get involved in that is that something somebody helped you along the way or was that something you've been involved in it's not always easy with as you said your busy schedule to get into something as giving as that
3: yeah um so speedy like i said he's I've said many times, he's a father figure. And at the end of my first year, we have at the end of each year when I was playing for him, we had, uh, you know, end of year meetings of, of, you know, what are your goals? What can you work on for next year? What you did great that year type of thing. And one of the things he said for me off court is that, um, he, he sees a lot of me and him in that we're both very, um, giving people and he's, he's an amazing person. He does so much behind the scenes of, Um, charity work and volunteering and all this stuff and and he was like well I see you volunteering Katie but I want you I want you if you want to to do something big and I will support you on it and so he said take the summer and think about something you want to do and I thought about it and put this idea forward and you know he kind of put the wheels on it and pushed it forward and helped me get it off the ground and you know he's still super involved with it and uh, and amazingly helpful and couldn't be more grateful, but yeah, that's the long wind of saying um, it's an amazing opportunity to to do something to give back and to
2: give back. And yeah. I think that's one of the uh, uh, the biggest things because people helped you get here, mm-hmm. whether it was a coach or a mentor or whatever it is. And if you do have that opportunity, and anybody that's listening, uh, volunteering is not always easy, but the the give back is amazing, isn't it?
3: Yeah, no, it's it's like I said, it's so rewarding to hear those little stories of. You know, my kid had a great time at camp. Uh, you know, we uh, just couldn't afford to send my kid to camp this week, and, and uh, you know, this just learned how to play basketball and had so much fun. And it's like, oh my gosh, that's like exactly what I want to hear. And it's so so rewarding. You know, obviously anonymous, but still. Yeah, it's great to hear. Yeah,
1: love hearing that stuff. Yeah. So I've I've got a few more notes here in my in my Katie section. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you're also an official. Yes.
3: Okay.
2: Amazing. That's a great story. I was going to bring that up. So you beat me to it. I think that's fantastic. You Why? Did, you
3: did. <laughs> oh man. So I can be hated. <laughs> um, no, it's just one of those things again, where I, I really like being involved in the basketball community. So the shoe drive and sending kids to camp and, um, you know, playing games, but then also refereeing is um, just all these different ways that I can get involved. And I love you know, as much as I don't like making bad calls or anything like that, I love showing up to these games. and And some of the kids recognize me, and they go, "Katie, are you roughing our game?" I'm like, "Yes." I <laughs> the, am. The Fusion girls are adorable, so I love them. And yeah, our Junior Reds girls, they're it's it's a really rewarding um, well, job.
2: Certainly, uh, somebody that's been involved with basketball in Le Brunswick and in the Freeze. Uh, the, the lack of female coaches, but I think those numbers are coming up, particularly mm-hmm. here in Fredericton, which I think a lot of your teammates are coaching, which is fantastic. And we had Rashida Atkinson, who played for the freeze, and in it's inaugural season uh, yourself. But uh, certainly limited female officials. And I know Adam Humphrey, who runs the officiating around here, would love to see more. Um, it's not easy, is it? It doesn't matter if it's under 9 or under 13 or what the <laughs> age. Like There is a lot going on on that floor.
3: Yeah, it's definitely... Um very mentally tough and and um but I've tried convincing so many of my teammates and friends to get involved because obviously well we need more people and and more women in general and um you know hopefully I can get people in in into what I'm doing and it's just it's a it's a fun thing although you know some games aren't so fun some games are fun and um, it's just something to do on the very little off time that I have.
2: <laughs> Does it change your demeanor as a player? Like uh, you're in tight and there's a foul called against you and you're like, you want to say something? You're like, oh, you know what? That's legit.
3: I <laughs> oh, See, I was never the one to really say anything to the refs, but I would say something on the bench about like, oh, those refs, they don't know what they're doing. But then now it's like, okay, they're human and they only have two eyes and, um, you know, everyone makes calls or maybe they saw it differently because, you know, they're not – Calling things on me because they hate me, <laughs> right? Yeah, it <laughs> yeah. just
2: happens to be. And there's, I know there is a lack of officials. Like when when the Fusion hosts its massive tournament, and that tournament's going on on a weekend. But there's other games. There's university mm-hmm. games. There's men's masters, women's leagues, whatever. So there's a real uh, need for officials, I guess, uh, not only in the Fredericton area but across the province.
3: Yeah, yeah. No, I've. I think I did like five games a day one time, just because I'm. Well, it was my day off and. <laughs> they needed people and I was like okay nothing (laughs) else
2: going on so let's go to the gym good good
3: cardio (laughs) a little running up and down the court and it's, it's fine no it's um it's one of the like I do it to try and help and you know it's less about the money or anything like that yeah
2: our guest here today on Late Scratches is Katie Butts, and uh, man, through a half an hour, we've learned a lot—an uh, awful <laughs> lot about you. And I think people do see the player, and that's what we talked about this podcast: the, the stories behind the players or the teams. Uh, Thirteen points a game last year, uh, seven point one rebounds per game. And are you a personal goal setter, like coming into the season, like I want to have fourteen points, or is it—is this team
3: oriented? Um, I actually, I, that's a good question. I struggled with that in my first year, I was very, um, I I came in and and kind of got like instantly rewarded, which wasn't like, you know, I instantly got playing time and, and stuff, which is awesome. Um, but at the time it was like, okay, now I have like really big shoes to fill after you know my first game in university i got a double double and i had never done that before in high school like never done that and i come to university and i do that and now it's the expectation to do that
2: on your own you mean Uh, like of my expectations of
3: like oh you know people on my team congratulated me for doing that well now i have to do it again or else i'm not good enough and so that whole like first semester that's all i was focused on was um stats and then second semester, it got dragged in a little bit to that. And, and in my second year, I was like, listen, I'm not, I'm not looking at those stats. I'm not, um, cause it's, it's more about how you feel you played and how, you know, you know, how you play on defense does not get statistically rewarded. And, um, just things like that, where it's, you know, getting 10 rebounds a game is amazing, but that is not what basketball is all about. Um, so, if I can get those stats while also being happy and not focusing on them is great it's a tough balance, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Just trying to keep positive and not focus on it is exactly what I do so
1: you you were a little bit better than your thirteen a game for the freeze this summer you were six in league scoring at about fourteen and a half points a game um did in that did playing in that league do you think that helped your game?
3: It was fun, it was very fun. people that um some of the people that, you know, I always hang out with or, you know, have always in the stands are, um, said that watching me in the freeze was very different because it was like a free play almost. Um, and so they saw this like different side of me of like, shooting the threes, for <laughs> shooting the threes, actually dribbling the ball up the court <laughs> a little bit. Like, um, they're like, Oh, you're kind of a different player. So that was, that was really fun. And And people said you're like, you've changed and i'm hoping to kind of bring that into the UNB season and playing a little bit um freer well, not free but you know what i mean yeah, yeah.
1: I'm, I'm not sure a coach is going to want you bringing, up, bringing the ball <laughs> no, up the floor on a I won't regular be doing basis that.
3: i won't be doing that unless absolutely necessary and they're screaming at me to go up the floor but yeah <laughs>
1: Yeah, and I, I remember a couple moments just sort of to tie some of this last conversation together, and it was in, it was in Sussex, Peter and Gymnasium, um, where uh, playing the Fog, um, and you brought sort of your officials hat out for a minute. There was a little, uh, <laughs> you know, discussion around the rules, and you had it right. That's uh, one, one, ish, one aspect where I do remember that, uh, you know, your knowledge of the rules came into play, and, you know, you were having a little sidebar with the officials at one point.
3: Yeah, you know, I think I remember that. They tried to sub when... They scored or something like that. I don't remember exactly, but I was like, they're not allowed to sub. Like they, like we're the, only if we score can they sub. Can they stop the clock or something like that? So that's that's a good part of where I, when I know the rules. Not as if I'll ever go up to a ref and say, hey, know your rules. But like, just so you know, I think this like, is the correct call. I, I would never do that to a you sport official, but because they're scary. But. <laughs> Yeah, just keeping my mouth shut, learning to do things like that. But it was fun to know the rules in that aspect. and yeah.
1: So you got to play a little freer um, in the Maritime Women's Association. You got to play with some players who've been part of the UMB program for quite a number of years. Well, I don't want to say quite a number of years ago, but before your time yeah. with the program in you know, um, and, and other schools around the uh, U Sports, Leah Bowers, uh, the Dailies, mm-hmm. anybody in particular – uh, from the freeze that you picked up some, you know, some information or you, you gleaned something from?
3: Oh, Robbie Daly was probably my favorite person to to meet and play with just because she's a speech pathologist right now. So she kind of put, helped me get a foot in the door into that aspect of like um, shadowing and volunteering with some of her coworkers. And so maybe not basketball wise. I mean, life-wise. yes, of course, basketball wise, she's amazing and awesome. But like life wise, she, she helped me get a foot in the door there. So that was you know uh, freddie freeze providing opportunities also in the workforce
1: <laughs> well and that that's 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 why i asked the question because I, I was hoping for a life answer and not a not so much a basketball <laughs> answer because to me that's so much what the maritimes women's basketball association is about it is about you know the, the players like yourself or you know other other players that are still playing and and yeah it's the opportunity for the players that have graduated a number of years ago to come back and play at a competitive level but it, it's also, and I think of Kylie Speedy saying, Leah Bowers was my idol. I used to watch Leah Bowers play, and now I get to play with Leah Bowers. And at the same time, it's Leah saying, hey, this is where I am X number of years after graduation. And you, you want to talk about that? Let's talk about it. I know those conversations happen. So I was really happy you come back with a, with a life answer there and, yeah. and not, a, not a game answer.
2: And Leah has no intensity whatsoever, right? Just as mellow <laughs> as anybody can be. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. It's it's been great because I know when we first moved to Fredericton and and started following the UMB programs, both men and women, and 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 having daughters watching those players grow up um, was amazing to see them and, and just the personalities. And, and you get it after the games, whether you're at UMB, you see those fusion players, and like you said, yeah, they see the you in high the gym. Fives, yeah, yeah, exactly. The it, it is. Yeah. It's a sense of community. I guess is that correct?
3: Yeah. No. That that literally is what it's all about for me. And the little high fives at the end, or you know, seeing the little kids and sometimes they come and ask for autographs and it's like, oh, my heart.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it means a lot. I I mean, it means you're, you talk about role models, but you are there. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and I I think that comes through in your personality too, doesn't it? And we didn't know you at all when you, when you came with the freeze and and I was happy to get that email back in whenever it was March or (laughs) yes, absolutely. Come on out. And then to get the, to know the people behind. You're not just a number uh, wearing a jersey, that's for sure. So I I think it's fantastic that you've embraced your university and a new living experience in in Fredericton. I think it's fantastic.
3: Yeah. No, one of the big things for me is like after I graduate, it's not done here. Um, I want to leave like both an on court and off court, like not maybe not legacy, but something that people. You know they'll they'll see my name in our little locker rooms on our plaques and like they're like oh i like i know her she did this or or like she was a great person or something like that where it's like okay like everyone he, everyone on our locker room wall has a little legacy and and that's what i want to be
1: yeah that's that's spectacular brad i, I do have a couple other topics i want to move on to <laughs> anything away. else before no, for we're, katie? Good.
2: we're good we'll make sure katie joins us uh with uh some curling news too so are you a big curler
3: no I'm Couldn't not. Well yet, we right? have UNB curling. Yes. Go so UNB. There you go. So we'll <laughs> talk about
2: that for a second. too. So go ahead.
1: just as we transition here should we press a button and pay some bills? Fire away. You press oh, it. I'm not right. touching it. I'll press anything.
0: the button and we'll be back in just 30 seconds or so. Do you have questions about what goes into your blue or gray recycle box? contact the Capital Region Service Commission's Solid Waste Division Recycle Hotline at 453-9938 or email recycle at capitalrsc.ca. That's recycle at C-A-P-I-T-A-L-R-S-C dot
1: Welcome back to Late Scratches. I'm Bill with Brad and guest Katie Butts. Um, Brad, a few things going on over the last week, but... Not a lot of sporting events in the, in the Fredericton area due to weather, due to harvest. Um, one thing that did happen, the Brunswick Senior League playoffs in the baseball side of things. There'll be a new champion this year as Moncton knocked out St. John. The game was played Friday night in St. John after it got uh, pushed back. So a great game from Sam Lund to knock, uh, knock St. John out. They'll move on uh, to meet the regular season pennant winners in Charlottetown in one semifinal. Uh, Fredericton Royals and Chatham will go in the other uh, both series get underway Monday and Tuesday. So um, Charlottetown and Chatham hosting Monday, Monday, Fredericton uh, and Moncton hosting Tuesday with the uh, It's the first home game at uh, Royals Field. So you know where this is leading me into? Oh, yes, there you yeah, go. The, the thing we've talked about for a couple of weeks here is the Royals Field rant. Um, I'm gonna get it in this time because we're running out of time here in, in the baseball season. Uh, so, Katie Bear, with me here. You thought I was wound up about about <laughs> wins and points. Wait, do you hear this one? Uh, I got a whole page of notes on on I'm this. Ready. Uh, I'm ready. I'm ready. I won't quite get there, but um, and and honestly, um, first and foremost, this is my view and my view only. Uh, I have a long history at Royals Field. I grew up. Um, it was a five-minute bike ride uh, to Royals Field, but three of those minutes were me pushing the bike up the hill. The last uh, the last 500 meters. <laughs> um, that was. Uh, that's where I. I spent a lot of my youth. I worked there I think three summers, two for sure. I think it was three uh, as part of the grounds crew there uh, back many years ago. I know um, from then what it takes to keep the field in good shape. Um, I know how much work that we put into it, how much time we had to do it, um, all those things. I also know you can't make the right decisions on weather all the time. Sometimes you're you're doing something and the weather goes sideways on you and it doesn't turn out well. Um, I know all of those things. I like to try to give people uh, a break. Uh, but uh, what I've seen at Royals Field this year has got my dander up just a little bit. Um, and I'm not sure who it was uh, who said this. Um, might have been Michael Bryan as and mayor in and his term at City Council. They talked about Officer Square and it being redeveloped because it was love to death. Uh, Royals Field, in my view, is beyond love to death. Um, this this year in particular, and I, I would dare say really since pandemic, uh, it's overused and overscheduled to the point where its condition is deteriorating. Um, and yes, I know because of my time there, I may see things that other people don't, uh, but it's a real shame. It's, it's what should be a gem in the city um, and a premium facility we spent before the Nationals I want to say close to 50 grand to put in a pro quality backstop instead of just a regular fence, it would have been about a third of that. Um, You know, it's still in good shape, but the field overall and and the overall facility is not, uh, in my view. Um, Again, my view, don't speak for for anyone else uh, on that. Um, The field needs more time to recover. The people that are working on the field need more time to do the work. And with it being played on what I'm told eight games a week or so, and I think you'll probably remember, uh, Katie, you wouldn't because you weren't here then when the Nationals were were played at Royals Field. There was a big stink when the field was closed for weeks and weeks before the national tournament, and right, no one the was allowed to, to, to play on it because the field needed the time to get to a good quality, uh, which we all heard in the news, and and that was the line. Well, I'm told now it's eight games a week this summer, which is a lot on a field, particularly a field that had a, has a grass infield on it, didn't have when I worked there. That makes it even higher maintenance. I've also been told the sprinkler system on said grass infield hasn't been working for a couple years. And in fact, I saw evidence of that in one of the Royals games this year, arrived and the field was one of the briefest dry moments we had all summer long. Thankfully, we had a lot of rain. The field was blowing awful bad. Um, and Royals asked that you no know, we put some water on the field. So, tried to turn on the sprinkler system, it did not work. Uh, the individual there didn't even know that there was, you know, a wa- another water facility with a hose. So, I had to be shown that. And then there wasn't even enough hose to bring the hose across the field to water the field. So, uh, these are things that I saw with my own eyes. I've got a, a whole list of other things that I could go on to. Um, but to me, this doesn't go to the people working there. It doesn't go to the people managing. people working there it goes to the people booking and setting the policy of how the field is used Um, it's a shame to see it going where where it is Um, i am told though that there are some changes and some improvements coming this coming this next year uh, and that there will probably be some money go into the field i think that's because of the number of complaints and i won't get into all of those that i've heard um, but uh, yeah, that's that's my toned down Royalsfield rant uh, a little bit. Uh, and again, um, you know, I, I, I think it needs attention. Um, so when I get a little bit wound up, when I see the city spending big dollars on their shiny new projects, and you go to the facilities that we have that are supposed to be gems, uh, they're supposed to be the things that are already drawing people to the city, and they're not being looked after, this is where I get upset. Um, and this is where I take those to task that are, um, you know, responsible and that to me goes straight up to the decision makers that sit around the table every other Monday night. Um, and, you know, they've heard from me a few times and probably tired of hearing from me, but um, just wanted to get that one out there. Uh, again, just don't feel you can treat a baseball field with a grassy infield like a hockey rake and you're on a Zamboni over it and everything is fine. It's just not the same. I know it from experience working there and I truly feel for those that have been charged over the last couple of years with trying to keep that facility in good
2: shape. I think you're passionate about it, obviously, and you've spent, uh, you grew up in this neck of the woods. Uh, the ball field is spectacular here. It's uh, it's one of my favorite parks in the province. It's not the Maritimes. It's just with the setting, uh, everything about it. And it's always been just such a quality yard. Um, so, uh, if if things can be done to improve it, and and it comes down to facilities again, it's it's no different than the lack of gymnasiums in town. Like, there, you know, I think this is a big thing moving forward as the population expands. There's need for cricket fields as we have more internationals coming in. And I think it's just you know we're at a breaking point. And uh, when you have a jewel like that, you have to keep shining it.
1: I, I agree. And that, that's really my point. And I've heard you know the line about, well, there's nowhere else for these teams to play. And, and I'm not saying any one team should or shouldn't be on the field. Um, but I drive by Fisher Field. It's in, it's in Devon. Um, Most evenings when I'm out, I drive by to see what's going on as I do other fields. And there's nobody there but crickets on a lot of nights. So I just don't buy that the other fields that could handle some of these games are that busy. Uh, maybe their book did not used i don't know could be wrong on that but but you're right it's a gem that needs to continue to be polished in order to, to still have have the gem so um yeah i appreciate you indulging me for that and oh, i appreciate the the, the listeners uh it's your uh, kitchen yeah for uh <laughs> um you know for for asking me to actually follow through with that one i had few people reach out uh you know, far away is Ontario, saying I want to make sure make sure you get that on because I want to know because you work there and and, yeah. and you, you you do know you you do see that. So, um, you know, when I'm there, try to give you whatever advice I can or help out. Uh, did a little troubleshooting in the booth there last night. Try to help figure out or last week when I was there to try to help figure out some of the issues and and uh, what the solutions are. And and in a lot of cases, these don't take a lot of money. They just take the willingness to spend that little bit of money to. To, to make things better up there and, and uh I'm hopeful and I'll be the first to praise the city um when when these things are, are, are improved and, and I think they have a list. They don't need me to go through um, you know, my laundry list of of things that I have here. I just skipped over over most of those. Um but yeah, so, so get up to Royals Field and now despite what I've said about, about the field, um, <laughs> still a great you know, place to still Most game, most eh? of the teams are most of the leagues are closed down now. So there's right. there's not as much activity on, on the field now. Um intermediate's done, the midgets are done, juniors are done. Mm-hmm. Uh it's really UNB and the Fredericton Royals left, so the field does have some time and and I know, you know, and and again as it wasn't the students' fault that we're working there. It's it's mostly the full time staff back. On the field now because they're not supervising the students and you know fewer things going on. Um, so I'm sure that they will spend the time for the playoffs to get get to field uh, as best they can. but uh, you know the overall picture there is is the one that, that that i'm I'm focused on. so that that's on tap for this week and. Um, I'm down, Brad, to my, my last list of, of things that are going on around town this week. Anything else you want to chat about here? Is we're we're
2: approaching our hour. Yeah, we are. It, it flies by. I told you, Katie, it, uh, an hour is uh, is very quick. The Maritime Hockey League, uh, Frederick and Red Wings are at home uh, next Saturday for its home opener against uh, Grand Falls Rapids. They were supposed to be in Edmonston yesterday, last night, but of course, uh, Lee had something to say about that. Um, the Red Wings will play at Miramichi on Friday night. Uh, I would mentioned curling. The U Sport and CCAA Nationals are coming to Fredericton uh, between UNB and uh, Capital Winter Club, which is amazing. And then the week, that's like uh, middle of March. And the, as soon as that ends, the, the National Mixed Curling Championship stays in Fredericton. So going to be a lot of twirling rocks. Uh, and I know Fredericton is certainly gaining a Canadian reputation as curling friendly. So uh, three major events... Two, and one, two for one uh, coming and then, the, and then the national mix so that's pretty cool uh, New Brunswick PEI major midget starts as well Fredericton and St. John next weekend play the Vitos uh, UNB men Stu men uh, you know a little bit more about that uh, they're going to be getting on the basketball court pretty soon uh, down Highway 7
1: yeah uh, the Milner tournament goes um I want to say that's the 28th, 29th, 30th. The Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, just a day off of the Helen Campbell, which goes the 29th, 30th, and October 1st. October 1st. So not not this coming weekend, but the weekend after that. Yeah, we're we're flying through September here, which is why I'm glad we were able to get Katie on to get a preview of of the Helen Campbell and of UNB this year, and and get the prediction as as well before that. Um, UNB men uh, versus UPI their home this Sunday the 24th Uh, that goes at uh, the Richard J. Curry Center Um, as we talked about earlier beautiful building um brad uh, i think you and i are at a planning session next weekend
2: next sunday in sackville new brunswick for the maritime women's basketball association more of a uh, it's first time we've ever had an opportunity everybody in the same room because of covid you talked about being recruited through covid well we're all used to zoom and teams right so we're actually in uh, in the same room at mount allison university and uh, just to kind of talk about the direction we're two years in now and uh, where are we going um we know we have a tremendous product on the floor, so it's an opportunity to get a whole bunch of heads in, in one building and, and throw a lot of things at the wall and see what works. Looking forward to that.
1: You've got your first Stu Tommy women's hockey game you're That's calling right. on Tuesday
2: night. Tuesday night at the Grand Harvey Centre, Mount Allison's in town to play Stu. Um, yeah, it's all coming. This, this great time of year of basketball, football. I was trying to check the score there to see how the Titans are doing. Uh, just so much going on. and I know, Katie, you're excited about this time of year
3: just to start playing. I mean, I'll be busy, but you guys will be busier with all the games you have to call.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that, that's it's pretty busy. Other things that I've noted for this week, Brad: uh, Saint uh, Saint Thomas soccer. Um, if you're a soccer fan, all kinds of opportunities this week to get out. Um, Wednesday versus unBSj men and women, six and eight fifteen. Saturday versus Dal AC, one and three fifteen. And Sunday versus Holland, twelve and two fifteen. Um, so three times three games in a week that's a pretty pretty tight uh, time span I think one of them I think the S J game was the one postponed from this past weekend uh, I think Uh, other notes I have here Stu Women's Rugby uh, next Sunday so if you're involved in the Stu Athletic Department you've got a lot going on this week for sure uh, including uh, UMB Volleyball versus Stu on Friday uh, 6 15 p.m. so uh, I think you and I, between the two of us and our and our research, we covered a whole lot of ground, and and uh, I think we've crossed everything off our our list that we know about. We know there are more sports. Yeah, out the interscholastic season well underway as uh, well. The interscholastic right? so, season. I know there was yeah. football here at Leo Hayes on on Friday night. Uh, just Friday some, night some, lights. Yeah, some great uh, pictures from there as well. With the sky from Friday night was just unbelievable. The the players running out uh, through the big blow up helmet and and the the really really great uh, background there from the. Uh, from the colourful sky, just just amazing. I mean, things you don't expect to see at a at a high school football game, uh, something like that. Uh, uh, but as Katie said, uh, we live in a beautiful city, and Fredericton is, uh, uh, you know, it's a. It's a great place to be, despite some of the rant that I had to hear. It's all right. <laughs> um, it's, all right. Uh, it's just I, I say that uh, because I care. Um, so any anything else to get in, Brad?
2: No, I think, Katie, honestly uh, looking forward to uh, seeing you play in, in UNB Colors uh, again this season. And I know uh, high expectations, new coach, uh, new mood, uh, everything going around. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, the Campbell's always just a good kickoff, like the, some quality – uh, teams coming in hopefully next year University of Ottawa comes to town with uh, at least two New Brunswickers uh, with the GGs playing this yeah. year and Bailey Russell and Allie McCarthy, Allie uh, a teammate of yours with the free so look forward to that for uh, 24 but uh, season's going to get here and it's going to come fast isn't it
3: yeah. No. Yeah. Well, looking forward to it yeah it'll be fun
1: so Katie anything else you want to get in that's a, when I'm when I'm interviewing people for my my real job when I have to interview for work one of the questions I always ask is there anything that we didn't ask that you're hoping to talk about so Katie is there anything we didn't ask you're hoping to talk about
3: No I feel like you asked all great questions that I hadn't even thought of before <laughs> putting me on the spot
2: oh it's great because now uh, anybody can go to katie and say okay listen i want to have a steak supper in <laughs> moncton where do i go where's a good campground for next year and uh, by the way how do i get into the paint and uh you know get create some room in there so multi-talented yeah, uh, and is this a travel or not yeah that's right exactly.
3: am i still working my job well i guess i am <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's right it never ends
1: all right, well, uh, thanks, Brad, and thanks, Katie, for joining us. I hope you've had uh, had a little bit of fun here with us uh, this afternoon, and uh, you know thanks for joining Light Scratches.
3: Thank you for having me. Yeah, this was awesome.
0: It was great. Thank you, everyone, and come on back next time. Capital Region Service Commission's Solid Waste Division does not collect garbage or recycle boxes. Need answers on which company to call if your items are not collected? Contact the Capital Region Service Commission's Solid Waste Division's Recycle Hotline at 453-9938 or email recycle at capitalrsc.ca.